Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Care is a bear. You know what I'm talking about? Now, we're close to the Smokies, right? So we know what those bears are like. And I started thinking about this, and I started thinking about how that those bears, you know, when I look at those bears, I think about those sweet little teddy bears, you know, that we like to get for our kids or that we liked when we were children, pull them to ourselves, you know, and just love on them and because they look so sweet. And then I got to thinking about the real truth of what a bear is really like. Uh, you know, why do they call them grizzly bears, you know? Because they're rough and tough. They may not look like it, but they are rough and tough. They're large. They're overpowering. And see, I want you to think about that. When I say care is a bear, I want you to think sometimes care comes in packages. It's wrapped in a way that it looks so cuddly and let's pull it in and let's embrace it because it couldn't be that bad. But just like those bears in the Smoky, uh, in the Smoky Mountains, and when you get there and you've got your lunch, your picnic lunch ready, what are those bears coming after? They're coming after the food. Is that right? They're coming after the food. They'll come through the window. They'll come through in the trunk. They'll go in the trash cans. They'll get anywhere they can to get the food. Well, see, that's the way care is. It's going after the food. What is the food? The food is the bread, the Word of God. That's what care is going after in our life. It's going after the food to get it and yank it away. But see, because we entertain it, because we think, oh, it's not that bad. You know, uh, carrying and worrying, I'm supposed to do that as a mom or a dad. I'm supposed to worry. I'm supposed to fret. But God's got a way of doing things that is not our way. And I'm going to tell you sometimes care comes wrapped in packages that we don't really understand what it is. And we start buying into it. And once that bear gets its its head in the window, it's coming after the food. And it's going to be relentless. And it's going to try to rob and steal our lives. And so we're not going to let it do that. Amen. We're going to be wise. Now, many of us, we know about care and we know what we're supposed to do. Some of us, the things that we're going to hear tonight, maybe they're new things. But regardless, it's not about what you know. Again, I say this very often. It's what you do with what you know. Isn't that the truth? The Bible says to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. We can come in here and we can hear things and we can, that is a great message. Man, that really blessed me. But what do you do with it? Do you put it to work in your life when you leave this place? Or when you listen to a message, whether it be by CD or, you know, maybe broadcast or something like that. What do you do with the truth of God's word after you hear it. You have to put it into action in your life. It has to be active in you. The Bible says that the word is living and it's active. It's not static. It doesn't remain still. You put the word in you, you're going forward. 
Did you hear what I said? You put the word in you, you're going forward. You're going to go forward out of your care, out of your worry, out of your fretting. You're going forward. Because it's living and it's active. It's not dead. You know, God is not dead. We sing that song, that old song, but he's alive. And that's the truth. And he lives through his word. Amen. And he lives through the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you and me. Now, worry and care, pressures, anxieties come and they will consume you and overwhelm you in the same way that we were talking about that bear that doesn't look so bad. As a matter of fact, looks kind of calm and kind of sweet. Now, I have a, a little beagle. She's not so little. I guess she's about 40 pounds. But Maggie is my beagle. And Maggie is so sweet and so just perfect for me and Eddie. Just perfect for us. And every time, you know, today I was in my kitchen keeping area and I was just walking around praying over what I was going to speak to you about tonight. And, and so I tell Maggie, she's in there with me. I said, Maggie, get up in the chair and you stay in here with me while I pray. And so Maggie jumps up in the chair. I'm walking around because I like to walk and pray. And every time I go around that chair, I bend over and she's got her, her little head propped up, you know. And so I go over and I kiss her right between the eyes. Because she's so sweet and so cuddly. You see, you can, you, know, you can embrace and pull in and love the Word of God. But you cannot pull in and love things that are hurtful and harmful and dangerous. So we cannot live, I said this a moment ago, but I want to reiterate. You cannot live in a way where the world says you're responsible to worry. You're, you're a good person. You're a good employee because you worry over the things that are going on at your work. Or you're a good parent because you worry about your children. See, that's not true. We have to have our minds updated. And so we've got to get to the point where we understand that. Now, is there a kind of care that is a good care? Yes, absolutely. I care for my family. I care for you. I care for the work here that God has given us. I care for this church. But I care for it in a way that I'm concerned and responsible and I'll do things to help. That's a different kind of care than what we're going to be addressing tonight. So, you know, if, if, you know, if, you're, if you're thinking about you know, care and being responsible, that's okay. But if you're thinking about care in the form of stress, pressure, worry, anxiety, and all of those things that come into your life as it relates to other people, other circumstances, and other situations, now that is where it is inappropriate for the Christian. It's inappropriate. Now, if you have cares in your life, pick that backpack up there. You know, I don't know if I can hold this or not. It's really heavy. But now, see, this is what happens to our life when we have cares. I want somebody, you hold this for a minute. You see, I'm not just acting, am I? That's heavy. That's heavy. 
Now, this is what we do in life. We go about life. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've got to do that. I've got to take care of this. Yeah, they're, they're really, things are not going so good at work. Now, I've got, to, I've got to take care of this. You know, I know I'm responsible, so I'm responsible. So a little bit of worry is, oh, it's just okay. Before you know it, what happens, you just start bending over. You just start your back. You know, you just carry all this weight. And see, that's what happens with care and worry. And Jesus says, you're not able to be a burden bearer. You are not able to do that. I am not able and capable of carrying weights like that in my life and them not affect me. The cares and worries will weight me down and it will harm my life. It will harm my relationships. It will harm even my relationship with God because we don't take that care and give it to Him. But we're carrying it around. And all the while, you know, we just drag through life. And God says, you don't have to do that anymore. You cast your care on me. And we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at how to do it. I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to turn with me to Luke 21. And we're going to look at verse number 34. It says here, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and so that that day come upon you unaware. For as a snare shall it come on all of them that dwell on the face of the earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape. Now, this is related to the last days, so obviously, you know, you can equate it to that. But it's, it's much more than that too. Now, I want you to look at this. Take heed to yourselves. Well, I want someone else to take care of me. You know, women, we, we kind of like that, don't we? We like for our husbands, we get married, we like for our husbands to take care of us. And that's okay, you know, to a certain point. But if you feel like everybody is going to meet your need, every person, uh, you know, principal relationship like that in your life, it's not going to happen. See, that's what's going on in our nation today. Can you see that? Can you see that right now? We're not taking heed to ourselves. We say, government, you provide for me. You give me my food. You give me a place to live. I am telling you, that is not God's way. He wants to be your source, and He wants to be your provider, and you have to put yourself in a position, if you don't work, you don't eat. Now, you tell me, that just having a bunch of children and you're not married and you rely on the government to take care of you, is that taking heed to yourself? No. Take heed, pay attention to your own personal life. Pay attention to it. Don't expect other people to take care of you, but you take heed to your own selves, lest at any time your hearts are overcharged. Now, this word overcharged means to be weighted down, depressed, or on, listen to this, overload. 
We get in overload mode. How about this time of the year? You could say sometimes we get in overload, couldn't you? We get into a place to where, oh my gosh, I've got all this list of everything I have to do. I've got to do all these Christmas uh, shopping trips and, you know, this one wants this and that one that. I can't find it. I've been online. Can't, you know, I've got to go to the grocery store. I've got to cook this meal. Going to have this party. You get on overload. But he said the way to not get on overload is take heed to yourself. Pay attention to where you are and what's going on in your life. And he said you can get weighted down or on overload through overeating, through drunkenness, and cares of this life. Now think about that. How many of us would group those things together? You know, now he's not talking about it's Christmas time and you're celebrating and, you know, you're having brownies and cookies. He's not talking about that. He said there's a time to do that, to eat the fat and drink the sweet. Didn't he say that? He did. So celebrations are okay. So he's not saying, you know, some people, well, I can never, you know, I can, I just have to, you know, fast all the time and I can't enjoy life and I can't enjoy food. That's not what he's talking about. We get out there way out of balance in one side or the other. But he's talking about living a lifestyle of overindulgence, food and drink. And then he comes along and puts in the same category with the overeating and and overdrinking. And he puts in here uh, cares of this life. And these cares have to do with worries and the cares that come into our life through the daily business that we carry on. Now, when I say business, I'm not necessarily talking about business as in, you know, um, you have a company or that's not what I'm talking about. But in the business of life, all the things that you have to do, all the responsibilities that you have. You know, I understand what it's like to be a young mother, to work, to be in the ministry, to be a wife, and have lots of responsibilities. Some of you are here tonight, and you're feeling quite overwhelmed with the responsibilities that you have maybe in your family. Or some of you men, you know, maybe you have a company, or you're in a position in a company, and you have lots of responsibilities, and you have that bottom line that you've got to meet, and you have quotas that you've got to to get to, and, and, and all of that. You see what I'm saying? So business Business can take on many sides and it can appear in different ways in our life. And so these cares or the business of just carrying on life in this world come to overwhelm us. Now let's read that again. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time. In other words, is this something that we get on top of tonight and then we've got it licked? No. At any time, cares can come. So you have to deal with them, okay? And don't, don't let these things get into your heart, overindulgence in these areas, and where the cares and the worry and the pressure and the stresses of life come upon you so that the day comes on you unaware. And that's the return of Jesus. Or that's spiritual things. 
we're so overwhelmed many times by these problems and difficulties and uh, things that come into our life that we're oblivious to the kingdom of God. We're oblivious to anybody in our life that needs us. We're obliv oblivious to that because we're so wrapped up in the cares and the worries and all those kinds of things. Now, John 16, 33 um, in the Amplifying Bible, I want us to turn there, John 16, 33. I want us to read it for just a minute. I'm going to read it, I think, from the Amplified Bible. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world, you have tribulation, trials, distresses, and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it, not for myself, Jesus said, but for you. I have conquered it for you. And he said, be of good cheer. Now, did he say... Don't worry about it. Distress is not coming your way. Frustration is not coming your way. Did he say that? Did he say trials were not coming? Tribulations were not coming? No, he said they are coming. Doesn't the Bible say many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers out of every single one of them. So... It's difficult to go through the distressing times. It's very difficult. But if we just can look forward, we can see that He has conquered it, all the tribulations that we face. He's conquered the distresses and the frustrations for us. He's done it for us. And so He said, when these things come, right in the middle of it, you can have peace. You can have peace in the middle of it. I'm telling you, I've experienced this myself, and many of you have too. But some of you, maybe not. Maybe you've not experienced this. You remember when the disciples were in that boat, and Jesus was there, and he had his head on a pillow, sleeping up a storm, literally. And in came the storm, and they're afraid Jesus, wake up, wake up. And Jesus spoke to that storm right in the middle of the storm and said, peace, be still. And we need to be speaking peace and tell the storms of life to be at peace because Jesus conquered you. Answer that back. Jesus conquered you distress. Jesus conquered you frustration. Jesus conquered you trials and tribulation, and he did it for me. And because he did it for me, I'm going to accept it, and I'm going to receive it. But now listen to what he says. I like this. Right in the middle of it, he says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Why? Because Jesus has conquered it. What does it mean to be of good cheer? It means to be happy. That means to be glad. That means to rejoice. 
How do you rejoice when you're going through trials and tribulations and distresses? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. It didn't say for everything. When the trials and tribulations come, you don't thank God for them. You thank God for their defeat in your life. But he said in the middle of the storm, in the middle of it, thank God. Rejoice. Praise God. Cheer up. I've got a good word for you tonight. Just cheer up. Sometimes we just need to laugh. You know what I'm talking about? We just need to laugh. A merry heart does good like a medicine. Isn't that what the Bible says? A merry heart, a cheerful heart, a glad heart, a happy heart, a rejoicing heart will do you good like a medicine. But then it goes on to say, but if you're in distress and worry and fretting and caring, caring, that load upon you, then it says it dries your bones. In other words, that's not good for you health-wise. You know, and we, we can talk about care and worry and fretting and anxiety and all of that, and it has health implications and psychological implications when you go long periods of time with care. And Jesus knew that, and so he's giving us a way out. You see, many times we have, you know, we're having digestive problems, or we're having nerve problems, uh, you know, or, or we begin hallucinating, or we, you know, we be, uh, get paranoid, because we, we just weighted down with care. We're just weighted down with it. And so it, then, then it goes from just, you know, being something that you know you shouldn't do, but you're doing it. Then it becomes something that's going to be detrimental to you physically, which is going to hamper and hinder your walk in life and, and just living and taking care of your family. And having a fruitful relationship with God, it's going to hamper you when those things begin to load you up. So, am I saying something to you? Cheer up, you know, you're going bankrupt. Cheer up, you know. <laughs> Laugh. You know, your wife is leaving you. <laughs> Laugh, your children are just acting like who knows what. I'm not trying to be ridiculous, but I am saying in the middle of the storm, there is a way to have some joy in your heart because you know the final outcome. And you don't like what you're going through, and it's difficult. And you know, we have a little light moment there, but there's nothing funny about it, is it? When you're dealing with issues in your own life, there's nothing funny about that. But you know, in the middle of it, he said, cheer up, be of good cheer. Get on top of this thing because I've won the victory for you and I've given it to you through Jesus Christ. That's what God is saying to us. Amen. And so 
here, you know, when you're in the, you know, the, you know sometimes when we get in, in situations where there's worry and care and, and just fretting and uh, anxiety and just being anxious, you know, about everything. Have you ever noticed that we have a tendency to get really melancholy and everything is negative, even if it really isn't negative? Some, something really positive can happen, but we can't see the positive because, after all, we've got this negative in our life. And so we're not going to, for a moment, lighten up. No, we need to lighten up. And when those things are coming into our life to overwhelm us and sit down upon our life and rob us of the precious Word of God, we need to lighten up and we need to cheer up. Everybody say, lighten up. Lighten up. Cheer up. Cheer up. That's right. We need to laugh a little bit. You know, I remember this. Eddie and I were going through a really difficult time in ministry. And Lord knows if anybody can have care, a minister can have care. I have great respect for men and women of God in the ministry. You know, whether I know them or not, I just do because I know. You know, Paul even said it. The care of the church is upon me daily. You know, Sister Smith is gossiping again. And Brother Bill, he's out here sinning, you know, in adultery. You know, whatever the case may be, the care of the church. You remember the incestuous relationship inside the church in Corinthians? Paul had to deal with it. Do you think that was care? Do you think it came on him to set heavy upon him? Yes, and it does on leaders too. And Paul said, the care of the church is upon me daily. But then he came back and he said, be anxious for nothing in Philippians. But in everything by prayer. Let your requests be known unto God. So he was the same man. He didn't say, well, see, Paul said it. The care's on me daily. Yeah, but daily he had to know what to do with it. Daily he had to take it to the Lord. Daily he had to do something with it. He'd been in places where he'd been shipwrecked, in despair, in distress. He said, in one place I looked it up and it said, it was almost like a big rock or boulder was up on my chest. But God allowed me to rise up and just push it off. He will deliver me. He has delivered me. He will deliver me. He is delivering me. That's what we need to be saying. He's delivering me right now. He's delivered me in the past and in my future. He will deliver me. That's what we need to say. So Paul knew about care. I know about care, but I started telling you this story about me and Eddie. And, you know, uh, we're, we're going through a really difficult time. Just really difficult. And I mean, you know, financially it was difficult relationships in the church, you know, people were just, you know, doing things to be um, divisive. And it was a hard time. We didn't really have that, anybody to encourage us. And I remember one night we went to bed, and I don't know if Eddie or I, we said something to one another, and it was just something ridiculous, probably stupid. But we started laughing, and we laughed. I'm not kidding you. I bet every time it would start to die down, we would start laughing. One of us would laugh again, and then that would just set the other one off. So we, we spent 20 minutes before we went to bed, went to sleep that night laughing. And you know, when the Bible says, cheer up, 
A, a merry heart will do you good like a medicine. I'm here to tell you that that weight of that thing just lightened up on me. It really did, and it did him too. We needed that just good belly laugh. You know what I'm talking about? We needed that because sometimes life is so intense and so heavy, and we've got so many worries and cares that we have to deal with. And so we need to lighten up and we need to cheer up. Amen? And laughing will do us good. I like what the Good News Bible says in Proverbs 17 that I've just been referring to. Be, being cheerful keeps you healthy. It is slow death to be gloomy all the time. Now, think about that. It is slow death to be gloomy all the time. Some people walk around with that cloud over their head. Have you ever met anybody like that? Have you ever been that way before? I have. I really have because what I was facing was so bad and so difficult and I was so tired of dealing with it and that it was like that cloud was over my head and so everything I saw, it didn't matter. Well, you got a million dollar check today. Well, big deal. <laughs> We've got $3 million worth of debt. Big deal. You see what I'm saying? And that's kind of the way, the approach that we can take like we have that cloud over our head. And being gloomy is a slow death. I like that. But being cheerful keeps you healthy. And I really believe that. In Deuteronomy 28, 66, um, how many of you know what Deuteronomy 28 is about? The blessing and the curse. Deuteronomy 28, I've spent a lot of time in that chapter because I want to know what the blessing is and I want to know what will bring the curse into my life, don't you? And many times we're rebuking the curse, but we're doing things to bring the curse in. We're not obeying the Word. We're not doing what God's told us to do. And so we open and give an invitation to the enemy to come in. Give no foothold, which means don't let the devil get his toe. Not his foot, his toe in the door. But we let him get in the door. And then we rebuke the devil. And then we cry out to God, why didn't you do anything? When all the time we're not obeying the word and the curse comes. But now I want you to look here at what part of the curse is. Deuteronomy 28, 66. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. Day and night you shall be worried and have no assurance of your life. That's out of the Amplified Bible. That's a part of the curse. Well, aren't we blessed with faithful Abraham? Abraham's blessing is mine. Abraham's blessing is yours. But a curse is that you're going to be worried all the time. And so I'm not living under the curse. If I've got sin in my life, I'm going to repent as fast as I know it. And believe God to give me repentance, the gift of repentance, that I can get it out, confess it, and get the blood to cleanse me. Amen? Now, Jesus understood worry and care. I want you to, if you would, I want you to turn with me to uh, Luke 10. Let's look at that. Luke 10. Luke 10. 
Now, this is a story I really like. This is about Mary and Martha. You know this story? If you, you, know, if you went to Sunday school, if you, if you did that like me, you learned about Mary and Martha. If you didn't, you know, you'll, you'll learn about them tonight. Okay. Now, this started verse number 38 of Luke 10. Now, it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. This is talking about Jesus. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Jesus, we're so glad to see you. Come on in, Jesus. You've got a place in my house. I have this seat here just for you. It took me all day, but I vacuumed and I dusted and I got it all clean. Boy, I'm tired, but come on in, Jesus. And not only that, I've had the fire going all day and I've got food like you wouldn't believe. I'm tired. And then all this stuff is mounted upon her and the thing that she opened the door to receive Jesus into her house, but because of all the worry and the care, she couldn't even receive him. And she had a sister called Mary. I rebuke you, Mary, in the name of Jesus. That's what all the Marthas want to do. Isn't that right? Yeah, just look at me. Can you believe Mary? She thinks she's something, doesn't she? Isn't that the way we do? Because we're worrying and fretting and caring about all that we had to do and all we've got to do, and we see somebody calm with cheer and gladness in their heart, and we get upset with them. But here is Mary, listen, which also sat at Jesus' feet. What do you do when care and worry comes? This is the remedy for it. You sit at Jesus' feet when the cares of life, when distress and worry and everything is overwhelming you, sit at Jesus' Feet. I'm going to tell you one of the hardest things that I do when I'm, when I'm all uptight. I've got a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things going on. One of the hardest things for me to do is sit at Jesus' feet. Well, it'd be better if I swept around His feet. It'd be better if I dust around His feet. It'd be better if I go do something. I know He's hungry, so I'm going to go do something to help Jesus. See, He didn't say that. He said, lay all that stuff down. Now, should you be responsible? And if you have guests in your home, should you care for them? Yes. Should you care for your family? Should you cook them meals, ladies? Men, should you, you, know, do, should you mow the grass and take care of your home in the way that you know, a man... Should you do that? Of course you should. But there's times... When we get so caught up and overwhelmed with what Luke was talking about in 21, the cares of this life, we get so caught up. Can't we just put that on the burner for just a little while? Can't we just pull over and put it in park? Everybody say, put it in park. That's right. We need to get off of the highway of life, pull it over, put it in park, and sit at Jesus' feet. Why? Because in His presence is fullness. 
fullness of joy, fullness of peace, fullness of provision, fullness of whatever we need in his presence. It is there. So, here's Mary. She was sitting at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Listen, sometimes you need to hear Jesus' word. And it may sound like Pastor King talking to you. It may seem like me talking to you. It may seem like Brother John talking to you. It may seem like Pastor Doug talking to you. God may use our voice to speak and just say, lighten up and cheer up. Cast your care. Do the right thing with it. See, Mary learned what was the cure for anxiety and worry and fretting and all of that. Mary learned that. The cure for it is to sit at Jesus' feet. Now, I told you, it's hard to sit at Jesus' feet sometimes. How many of you know it's okay to relax every now and then? It is. It's okay to relax. We don't have to go like a house of fire all the time, if you know what I mean. We don't have to do that. We can slow down and we can relax. How many of you know that eating right is a good thing? You know, like I said, we eating the fat and drinking the sweet. We can do that sometimes. But how many of you know eating right is good and healthy for you? And it'll make you feel better. It'll make you even deal better with your trials of life. Getting the right amount of sleep. You know, a lot of people stay up all night worrying and fretting, getting the bed late. You have to get up the next morning. And here's, you know, Mr. Grumpy or Miss Grumpy. Everybody has to deal with it. Carrying the load, carrying the bag. So you need, you need good food, you need rest, and you need sleep. You know, sometimes when I'm going to minister what I do, I'll just, for, even if it's for 10 or 15 minutes, I'll just go lay down and calm myself down. Not that, you know, I'm uptight, because if I've been in the Word, I've been at Jesus' feet, so I feel really good about that. But there's just times to relax and rest, even if it's just for a few minutes. That's good for you. And, and it helps you be able to better deal with what life, come, you know, what the circumstances in life coming your way, it'll help you to deal with it. Can you say Amen. All right. Now, let's finish reading here. Okay, so here was Mary. Martha, you know, she received Jesus into the house. Great hostess, you know, prepared everything. Busy, busy, busy. Tired, tired, tired. And Mary wasn't helping her do any of that. And so she sat at Jesus' feet. She was getting the cure for any worry or care that was in her life, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Bid her, therefore, that she should help me. Now, is it right? Let's just take in a church setting. Let's just take in a setting like this, you know, 
we encourage everybody to find their place of service. And you've got a team, and on that team, let's just say you've got 10 people. Let's just say that it's the parking and security team. And on that team, you know, you've got five people that are really busy and they're taking care, they're getting these people, they're friendly and waving and they're getting everybody right to the parking spot, visitors in their spot, you know, keeping order in the parking lot, you know, doing everything that they're supposed to. But then you got five others over here that are inside drinking coffee, talking, goofing off, not really doing their responsibility. Now, am I saying that that's fair? No. I'm not saying that. You know, it's just like, you know, we have a staff here. Everybody has to pull their weight, you know, but every now and then you get people that get on staff and they want to pile all the work on the hard workers, on the Marthas that will do everything. And then they'll just go have their coffee, visit, run errands, do whatever. Well, how many of you know that's not going to work? So that's not what I'm talking about. You're going to lose your job. <laughs> You're going to lose favor. Things are not going to go so good. Isn't that right? So don't try that at work. Be a hard worker. Work hard and be responsible for your employee. Employer. Okay. So where was I? What was I talking about? I was talking about Martha being cumbered about with much serving and so Jesus wasn't saying, he wasn't saying, let someone else do all the work and you just sit back. See, that's laziness and he doesn't bless laziness. But it's not lazy to pull away and get at Jesus' feet for those times of refreshing and filling up. See, that, that is not wrong to do that. Is it wrong to be lazy and not pull your load and not be responsible? As a mom, let's just say you've got children and they're still at home. You've got responsibilities. You've got to cook their meals. You've got to have their clothes ready. You've got to take them here, take them there. Well, what am I saying? Giving people license? Oh, well, I'm sitting at Jesus' feet. I don't, I don't really have time for that. Well, see, no, that's not what I'm talking about. You can't do that. But see, now people hear this and they may take it out here to this extreme. That's not what I'm saying. But everybody has got to have the time where they pull away from the care and the worry and the responsibilities. You know, a good time has always been for me uh, is just late at night. I do well late at night. Now, Eddie does good early in the morning, you know. So what, whatever, you know, I, I, when I had small children and, you know, I can remember going in the bathroom, locking the door, uh, you know, filling up the jacuzzi. That was a big deal to me. That was relax and quiet time. And, you know, if God wanted to talk to me, at least I was in an atmosphere where it wasn't a lot of noise and activity and things going on, you know. So you may have ways where you get this time where you can pull away and be at Jesus. See, well, if I, if I you know, go uh, to the chalet in the mountains, that'll be my time. You got to find ways in the here and now to know how to, how to pull away and get at Jesus' feet. And you may not have that kind of time or place that you can do it. So you got to find in your life ways that you can pull away. And, and just rest and relax and get at Jesus' feet. When you're uptight, you can't hear God. 
If God was trying to speak to you because you're uptight with worry and care, it would be like here tonight if I'm standing up here preaching and back here in the sound that they've got the uh, you know, music on and turned up really loud and here I am preaching. Could you hear what I'm saying? No. And that's the way we get when we're carrying a load and worry and fretting and being anxious and have pressures on us. And God is trying to talk, but we can't hear because there's so much noise in our life crying out. Do this, do that. You didn't do this, you didn't do that. You know, whatever the case may be. So Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha was cumbered about, was in just stressing out over much serving. See, I don't want people to hear this, and that's why I'm overemphasizing it. Oh, I can't be on that team. I can't do that because I just get too stressed out. Well, if you're going to work for God, the pressure is going to be on sometimes. You can't hide behind that. You can't say, well, I just won't do anything. Because then you're violating another portion of Scripture. I won't get into that. But here's Martha, cumbered about with much serving, and she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Is there anything wrong with helping Martha, really? No. But Martha chose the best thing. And Jesus answered and said, or Mary did, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and you're troubled about many things. You're in distress or you're being disturbed about a lot of things. See, and you can't let life disturb you constantly. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I've learned ways in my life because I like to entertain. I like to do things. I like to have people into my home and and all of that. But I found with the responsibilities that I have that I have to find ways to be able to do that, a solution that simplifies it so that I can do it. And see, that's what Martha needed to do. She needed to find ways that she could still care for people in a good, positive way, but not get so stressed out over it and troubled and disturbed about it. You know, really care carries with it the connotation of to be distracted. To be distracted. Well, now what would care distract you from? Sitting at Jesus' feet, being a doer of the Word, following Him, hearing His voice, doing what He called you to do, being fruitful. And that's what it's all about. Amen? One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good part. I want to be Mary. How do we be Mary in a Martha world? Martha, Martha. 
You're just stressed out about everything. We need to choose the good part. We need to choose Mary's part and sit at his feet. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Now, in Mark 18, or Mark 4, there isn't a Mark 18, is there? Mark 4. Are y'all listening tonight? Mark 4. And let's look. I, I mean, you can, you can read more than this, but I guess just for time's sake, I probably won't do that. But um, it, it's talking about different ways that the seed is sown, which the seed is the Word of God. We know that, okay? And it says in verse number 18... And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And so here we see that the seed is sown among thorns, okay? The thorny ground is in the hearts of people. The seed is sown in our hearts, and because of all the care and all the worry, all the anxiety, all of uh, the pressures and stresses of life are there in our hearts, and so when the seed is cast forth, it lands up on the hearts, thorny hearts, okay? Now listen, and the cares of this world choke the cares of this world entering in. See, cares come, but now we need to look at that. Cares come, but they don't have to enter in. So when the cares come, don't let that into your heart. Do things the right way. Cast your care on the Lord. Psalm says, cast your care on the Lord and He will sustain you. Or that means He will lift the weight and the burden of that care from you. In other words, God says, you are not able to bear it, take it, cast it on me. Do you know what cast means? Hurl it. You know, if I picked up something on the ground that I knew that was full of poison or germs or whatever that was detrimental to me, and I, I picked it up, I'm pulling that to myself, right? But if I don't pick it up, it's there. I'm just not going to pick it up. I'm not bringing that into my house, into my life. I'm going to leave it there. And see, that's what we have to do when the cares come. We have to leave it with the Lord. We have to hurl it away. If I picked it up by mistake, I wouldn't just stand there and hold it and receive it. I would throw it, get it away, hurl it as far as I could get away from me. And that's what Jesus said. Cast your Burden, cast your care on the Lord and He will lift the weight of that from you and then you'll be able to be light and cheerful. 
Lighten up and cheer up. Amen? So, if care enters in, it will no doubt choke the word and cause you to be unfruitful in your Christian walk and in your life. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person that doesn't walk around with the cares of life that choke out God's word. Hear a good word. I mean, hear a good word. Hear a powerful word. But it really doesn't do any good because you, you let cares enter in and it's choking everything good from the word of God that you could get out of your life. Well, tonight is the night to stop it. Amen? If that's what's going on. Proverbs 12, 25 says this in the Amplified. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. But an encouraging word makes it glad. Proverbs 15, 15 in the Amplified. All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil. By anxious thoughts and forebodings. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of his circumstances. Isn't that a good word? All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. Now, do you know what forebodings are? That forebodings... Now, listen to this. It has to do with prophesying. Predicting the future. Forebodings are, well... I know, you know, uh, some people have been laid off at work, and I know I'm going to be the next one. Evil forebodings. Well, look at their children. They're just so obedient, and they're living for the Lord. My kids are not too bad, but I just, I just bet anything they're going to get out here, and they're going to get in evil forebodings, prophesying. Speaking evil. Do you know some people live that way? They live in that frame of mind. Never thinking that good things can come their way. Never thinking that blessings are going to be theirs. But always anticipating what could happen. And am I saying that evil forebodings are not real? There can be. Now, I, I can tell you this. My, my father, and I've told you about this sometimes in the past, but he died at 48 years old, and he was a pastor. And um, so when I was going to turn 48 years old, guess what I had to deal with? Evil forebodings. Now, unbeknown to me, so did my brother... And so did my sisters. So am I saying that it's just a figment of somebody's imagination? No. It can be because you just get in a negative mode and you live there. Everything's negative. Everything, everything. And so you live in evil uh, foreboding mode. But that's not what I'm talking about. The devil knows things about your life. And he knows what to try to bring to you and what to try. But you know what? 
instead of taking the care of that thought, I began to cast it on the Lord. Lord, you know, I cast the care of that on you. With long life shall you satisfy me and show me your salvation. I don't understand all about that situation with my dad. I don't know all the ins and outs. I don't know all that and neither do you about your personal family and and things and when the devil comes with these evil forebodings in your life, regardless if it's like mine or in another area, in another way, don't agree with it. Don't buy into it. Don't take the care of it. Cast that on the Lord And don't be weighted down with it, with those anxious forebodings. Some of you, there's somebody in here, you've been dealing with that. You've been dealing with it. I know it in my heart. I just felt the Holy Spirit just capturing us right there to bring some attention. So just because it comes, don't prophesy it. Do you know that you can predict your future? So don't predict evil forebodings. Don't speak it out. Don't give voice to it. Don't give thought to it. Don't take the cares. Isn't, you know, the Bible says over there in the, the book of Matthew, there, there, uh, Jesus was talking and he said, take no thought what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Now, does that mean that moms, that you shouldn't make your menu and go to the grocery store and shop and do what you... No, you got to do that. That's not what he's talking about. Uh, Take no thought for your raiment. Does that mean that everybody go naked? I don't think so. That's not what he's talking about. And he's not talking about that you can't go to your closet and pick out your clothes that you're going to wear. That's not what he's talking about. Don't get wrapped up and caught up in all of that where that's your life. Some people shopping is their life. I love to shop, but that's not my life. Some of the husbands are looking at their wives, you know. Well... I better get off of that. (laughs) So your life and what's going on in your life, you're to be responsible. But he said, don't get caught up in all of that stuff to where it becomes heavy and burdensome and a care. And you're worrying about it all the time. Don't do that. Take no thought by saying. In other words, you could say, don't take the care, the worries, the evil forebodings. Don't take all those things by speaking it out of your mouth. If you look in Matthew, I think it's chapter number six over in there, you could look at it. Now, I've got to wrap this up and I'm not nearly finished with it, but let's look at first Peter. Let's turn over there. Chapter number five. In verse number 9. No, I better start up here. I'm going to start further on up. I'm going to read from verse number 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto your elder. See, that's talking about leadership. Is what he's talking about here. And submission to the elder in leadership. That's a good thing. 
Well, bless God, I don't care. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Well, somebody's telling you what to do, whether you want it or not. That's just life. <laughs> That's the arrangement of life. Submit to your elders, yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. God wants a people that are humble people, humility. He mentions that several times down through here. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. How do you humble yourself before God? He's getting ready to tell you here, okay? This is how you humble yourself before, well, I just get on my knees and I bow my knees before the Lord. That is humility. That's being humble before the Lord. But that's not what he's talking about here. He says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, he said, cast your care, your worry, your anxieties, your evil forebodings, your stress, your pressure. Cast it upon me. Cast it upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Does that mean that he's going to start worrying and fretting and be anxious? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm responsible father, just like we're responsible parents. I'm going to care for you in the right way. And I'm going to help you through your trials and tribulations. I've already conquered it for you anyway. I'm going to lift the load of it. And therefore, I care for you. See, there's two different words, care. But he goes on to say, casting your care upon the Lord, upon Him, for He cares for you. And then he goes on to say, be sober and vigilant. Be watchful. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Now, this is what I think when I read that. I read that God says, you humble yourself before me by casting your cares on me, and I'll take care of you. And then he said, don't be flippant about it. Now, see, I was talking about being cheerful and lighten up, and, and we should. But he said, not to the point where you're not watching and you're not vigilant. You're not being ridiculous. Be vigilant. And be sober. Why? Because you've got an adversary, the devil, and he's trying to devour you. How? Through the care, through the worry, through the stress. And he said, resist it. Resist steadfast in the faith. Whom resist? What? Resist what the devil is trying to do to you. Resist the care. Resist, resist the anxiety. Resist the pressure and the stress of life. Don't give in to it. That's the devil. But bring it to the Lord. Just imagine yourself coming before the Lord and bringing that big heavy load that you've got and saying, Jesus, I'm just so tired. I'm like Martha. I'm so tired. I'm so weary and I've been laboring. But I bring this big load and I just lay it down. I cast it. I hurl it at your feet. Thank you that you care for me. I will not let the devil defeat me. I will not let the devil rob me. I will not let him lie and deceive to me. Deceive me. 
but I resist him. But I give in to you, Lord. I humble myself before you. And guess what? He has to go. Isn't that right? He cannot stay, and he has to go. And so we're to take the care, we're to cast it upon him, we're to live life not full of evil forebodings, but we're to be happy in life, we're to be cheerful in life, we're to laugh in life. We're, we're to enjoy what God does for us and, and what's going on in our life. Not everything is negative. I will rejoice and be glad. That's what the Bible says. I will rejoice and be glad. Not that my brother or my sister will rejoice and be glad, but I will rejoice and I will be glad. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.